Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Apple Store. Soho, how are you guys doing tonight? That's what I thought. Well, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator. You've heard him on 1019 RXP. Ladies and gentlemen, it is uh, Brian Phillips. Excuse me there. And tonight's guest, Andrew McMahon. Thank you. That is all for you, my friend. Well, it's nice to see you all. How's everybody doing tonight? These are your people. Yeah, I like these people. New York is your, not your town, you're a West Coast cat, but you spent a short period of time in New Jersey, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lived in uh, Hohokus, New Jersey for a few years as a a kid growing up. Yeah. Fun to say. And this is certainly certainly home away from home. New York City has been for a long time. And what do you do when, when you're in New York, when you're not doing press, meeting fans? I mean, what are your favorite places well, I, to go? I, I have some family here, so, uh, so I like to go. I actually just came from seeing my sister and my brother-in-law and their oh, kids. Cool. And uh, yeah, you know, I like to get in a little bit of trouble from time to time as well. Yeah. Trouble? <laughs> just a little. Just a little trouble, yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations on the record that's out. It came Thank out last you. week. Thank you very People much. People and Things, a new Jack's Mannequin record. And yeah. as an artist, I mean, what's the process like? I mean, where, where does the process start? To where it finishes. I mean, is there a routine? I mean, what, what do you do? It's not really a routine. I mean, I think for me, the way that it, it, it's generally worked, especially since I started the process of making records, you know, I obviously tour a lot. I see a lot of you guys out at, at the shows. And, and uh, you know, when I'm home in between tour dates and, and get time, I write I write songs. And, and every time I get a chance, I sneak in and I record them. Uh, some of those will be considered demos in the early in the early sessions and whatnot and then you know usually i start compiling those and some of those will develop into the tracks that end up on the record uh others will kind of be re-recorded uh as a part of the process for the album itself mm-hmm. and lyrically this new record goes in a different direction i mean the, the subject is more about your personal relationships yeah i think so you know i i feel like when i when, when i wrote Glass Passenger, I was obviously in a, a in a pretty different spot in my life, yeah. uh, and there was a there was certainly a lot to uh, to to dive into as far as my recovery was concerned. Um, but in that period of time, I I got married. I you know uh, a lot changed. Yeah, thank you. I moved several times. I you know I, I, I sort of you know did a, did a lot of things uh, in the same period of time that I was writing Passenger that I didn't really address, and uh, I think I, I kind of wanted to dig into a lot of that on this record and, and sort of clear the deck. Now, when did you start playing the piano? 20 years ago, when I was nine years old. Yes, I am 29 now. So, yeah, 20 years ago. And when when you're playing the piano, were you inspired by other, like, piano players? Like, were some of your heroes? Absolutely. I mean, I think the very first thing that happened when I started playing piano was my... uh, my mom got me the Billy Joel greatest hits, the yeah. volume one and two, and, and the Elton John greatest hits. Of course. Um, yeah. So that was kind of my first real piano education, you know, and there, you know, Bruce Hornsby was, was, was huge at that moment when I, when, when I started and, and, um, you know, and I, I was, I was into the heartbreakers and Ben Montench was a, you know, yeah. a, an influence for sure. And so, yeah, I think there was a, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of kind of support. Uh, in that sense, to to bring uh, music and and definitely stuff with a with a piano angle, you know, old James Taylor records that had a lot of piano on them, stuff like that. Was it was it met with resistance early on in the early uh, something corporate days when you're touring with other warp tour type bands? I mean, were people like, what's what's with the piano here? <laughs> you know, I think for every ounce of resistance that we got, we got tenfold people who were excited and curious and and yeah. wanted to and wanted to know what it was about. You know, I, I think. It was a real benefit for us because, you know, other than at that point, you know, Ben Folds Five, there was really there there weren't a lot of 
piano players yeah. on the, on the scene that were playing rock and roll music, you know? So to, to be in the position where we would show up on a tour and we were ambitious, you know, yeah. we, we had a, like a 500 pound upright piano that yeah. like the five of us would haul around wow. everywhere we went. We, we never brought a keyboard anywhere. Um, and, and I think that that really garnered a reaction that, that was, was, you know, very beneficial to the, the, the growing of our career, for sure. Well, career. I always know when I listen to music, if I hate something at first, that's a good thing. Because it's causing a reaction. I'll listen to it like the third or fourth time, and then I love it. It turns me around. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the polarity thing is, is, is a big deal. Having, having somebody on one side and somebody on the other, I think, is proof that you're, you're doing something that's not so innocuous or whatever. And now you currently have people hauling your piano around, correct? Right? Yeah, right? yeah, 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 it's, a, it's a bigger piano now, and it's got a big old road case. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it, 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 we, uh, we've got steel legs on it mm-hmm. uh, so that it can endure the... Uh, yeah. The attacks it, it it gets from night to night, and um, yeah, we, it's it's been pretty reinforced. But yeah, I got some people who help me out with that now. Are right, here talking to Andrew McMahon? Now you're you're uh, interact with your fans pretty pretty intensely. I mean, you, you're involved with your fans and you interact with them either with after a show or online using the social media and stuff. Mainly t- t- after shows. <laughs> uh, tell us about like the the importance of your relationship with your fans. Well, I think you know. The idea for me, the online stuff has actually always been a little bit tricky, and I'm starting to try and be a little bit better about it. But I've I've always kind of believed in in making sort of a one on one, making one on one contact. It's been a thing since the very early days of of, of being uh, in something corporate, and and very much so still to to this day. I try and always set aside, you know, however much time necessary at the end of a night to meet whoever's still hanging around. Uh, who wants to be met? Um, but I think that that came from early shows that I went and went to see when I was when I was growing up. You know, the 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 times when I got the chance to meet the bands that were performing that night and when they were generous with their time and were kind, um, it made a huge impression on me because I, I I think you know there's something really there's a sincere bond when you when you create something for a living and somebody else you know takes it, it yeah yeah and, cons- yeah, and, 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 and it makes it a part of their day-to-day life you know and and uh i take that really seriously you know and and i think there's a reason it takes me a long time to put out records is because i i i I don't want to let people down you know and i and i and i i really value the uh the relationship that i have with and and you're currently having a contest now for uh, listeners to design an post a tour poster yeah i think so yeah the again my my online uh my online (laughs) uh uh Prowess is 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 often uh, you know a, a good friend of mine. This guy Casey Brown, who works at uh, at Warner's, he kind of comes up with these great uh, these great sort of uh, online challenges and things to to keep people involved. Um, but yeah, he's been doing a couple of cool little uh, art art projects, cover songs on YouTube, and then yeah, it, it, it's definitely a, a real asset to have have people like that who can who can kind of help out where I am not so strong. Five years ago, well documented, you're a uh, your battle with leukemia, and yeah. you've overcome it. Six now, six now. Yeah. Congratulations! Yeah, on thank that. you. Yeah, thank you very and much. Absolutely. And very, very brave of you to uh, to document in a documentary. This Dear Jack documentary I watched it was phenomenal. Thank you. At, I at what point that. did you decide to make a documentary about that? Uh, well, it was sort of uh, sort of the fact that the footage existed was, I think, what precipitated the document the documentary actually being made um it was a period of time in my life that i was filming everything i i was uh i was sort of a little bit of a loose cannon at, at the moment that i was uh making my first uh my first jacks record and i i 
decided somewhere along the way uh, that I would film what that looked like, you know, the making of the record and, and uh, you know, go, going out and, and, and partying with Tommy Lee and, you know, and, and yeah. doing, 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 you know, just having this kind of very bizarre sort of, uh, you know, the sabbatical from something corporate at the time and just all of that, uh, just it, I became really close with this camera and I would, you know, at the end of the day, I'd put it in front of me wherever I was and I'd say, well, this is what happened today. And, you know, there's a lot of clips that you hear throughout the, uh, actually the first record where you hear little, snippets of, of dialogue in between mm -hmm. songs and at the end of the record and those are all just taken right off of the the camera itself so when i um you know fast forward six eight months when i found out that i uh was not well um aaron my tour manager uh you know he called you know i called him and i said nah, i'm in the hospital you know bring my keyboard and my camera <laughs> and, yeah. and uh and thus begun the uh the process of of really for me i think it was more art therapy it wasn't really about showing anybody ever you know, it was a, it was really just going to end up tapes in my drawer like the previous six, eight months had. And then I had these, uh, these close friends who knew I filmed and, uh, and they, they came to me and they said, would you be comfortable with us seeing this? Um, and maybe editing a few clips together and, you know, seeing if, if you would be interested in, in sharing your experience with people and hopefully, you know, giving, giving some hope to people who, who, uh, you know, who, who need, need a little inspiration to get Absolutely. through a hard time in their life. And, yeah. uh, and so I, I sort of hesitantly uh, uh, obliged, and uh, and you know that's that's what you see there in, in the Dear Jack movie. And, and Tommy Lee lends his voice; he narrates yeah. some of the parts of it. Yeah. How, how does one get to hang with Tommy Lee? I'm sure people are curious. How you does know, that happen? How does that? You know, I, I I grew up a huge Motley Crue fan. Actually, I was a pretty big Motley fan when I was a little kid. But uh, uh, no, we shared a manager at the time, and uh, and Tommy had gotten a copy of something Corporate's North album. And Which is great, by the way. Thank you, thank you, uh, thank you guys very much. And uh, and Tommy loved me in the moon of all the songs. That was Tommy's favorite. He uh, he just he he had told my manager, you know, to pass along the sentiment at one point, and I was like, oh yeah, sure, thanks. You know, I'm, I'm sure he said that. You know, and and uh, one day I'm in the studio working on the Jacks record, and I get a phone call, and I don't recognize the number, but I answered anyway, and and he's like. Dude, it's Tommy Lee, um, and and I, you know, I was I was shocked, but I, I believed it to be true because it sounded like him, and I, you know, we yeah. we did share manager, and and I said, what, what's going on, Tommy? You know, uh, how can I help you? And and he said that he was working on this record, this Tommy Lee on the Ride record uh, that he was making, and he had this song that that uh, you know reminded you know him of my writing style that he had been working on, and uh, he asked if I'd come up to the studio. And, and work on the record with him. And so it sort of, be, we became fast friends. We started, I started writing for his record. And by the time I'd spent, you know, a handful of months working with him, I, I, we had been chopping up like everything on the first Jack's record originally was just like samples and drum loops and, and chopped up drums from other sessions just so that we could, you know, cause we didn't have a drummer at yeah. that point. And so at the end I sort of said, you know, Hey Tommy, I've been kind of in your studio for the last few months. So uh, what do you say you come spend a couple of days with me and, and lay down some drums on my record. And he, uh, he was so into it and you know, his energy towards the Jack's record was, was just massive. You know, we, we, you know, still, you know, maintain a friendship to this day. He's a, he's a great guy. And it must be so satisfying because as a fan of Motley Crue, well, yeah, I mean, you know, of your music. Yeah, as well. no, it was, it was a really neat experience. You know, Tommy's just a, uh, he's got ener just this energy that's so contagious and, and beautiful and his, his love of music is huge. Um, so it was, it was an honor to get to work with him. The new record people and things out. And uh, we're going to talk to the audience now. If anyone has a question, 
they want to ask Andrew. I think uh, Matt's going to pass a microphone around. I think. First question over here. Okay. Hi, I'm Courtney. I'm a music ed and classical voice student at NYU. And in my opinion, one of the biggest issues in music education right now is the lack of connection between contemporary music and classical music. And you recently, <laughs> last week, did a concert with the Hartford Symphony Orchestra. Yep. So. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So can you please talk a little bit about um, your goals in that concert and maybe if you have plans on doing something like that again in the future? Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't disagree with you. I, you know, I, uh, despite the fact that most of my classical training, uh, I, I was not a fan of classical music. I, uh, I, I think I still knew fundamentally that it was essential to my growth and my understanding of music as, as a whole. Um, when when the, 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 this idea kind of got floated out there because there are, there are these performing arts centers and, the, and these venues that have symphony orchestras that, that do want to bring in non-traditional music to expose, uh, you know, expose new audiences to what, what they do. Um, and it's an idea that from the very beginning terrified me. Um, but I think maybe a year after it got floated out for the first time, I said, you know, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's, let's give it a shot. Um, uh, I'm scared. And I literally, we booked it a year ago and I think it, it's been kind of the thing in the back of my head, kind of like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to pull this off? Um, but it was so rewarding. I mean, it was certainly for me, the biggest musical challenge I've faced uh, in years. Uh, I can't even, I mean, if not the biggest. And being on a stage with 55 other people playing your songs with these lush arrangements and, and, and knowing that if you drop a beat or add a beat or, 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 or you know, or, or, or nuance something that that conductor isn't there with you on, you're going to have a 55-person train wreck behind you, uh, you, you, you certainly, it keeps you on your toes. So uh, needless to say, I didn't have a beer before that show. And, uh, and yeah, but, I, but when it was done, it was one of the most rewarding things I can, I can truly say I've experienced on a stage. And hopefully we will do more to answer your question. Yes, we're, we don't have any on the books, but it's something that I, I think now that we have the charts as a part of what we did there, that if, if some other performing arts centers raise their hands, I, I think we'd definitely add them onto uh, other tours for sure. Hi. Hi. Um, my name's Christina. Hi, Christina. Um, I just wanted to uh, ask, I feel like Everything in Transit was more like your solo project. It was like so heavy on piano and your vocals. And I think, I feel like it went, like kind of transitioned into more of a band in general. And there's a lot more instruments and backup vocals present right. in this album. And I think the glass passenger is kind of like the intermediate yeah, did that I, I happen naturally or was that more like you wanted to take it into a full band i think band? it was all very naturally i mean to me jax was really about an evolution even from the very beginning you know uh, i mean in a sense the first record was really stripping all of that back you know because i had been so i'd been in a in a in a band for so long that i wanted to do something that was that really kind of stepped out of that you know and, and and so, yeah, I think over the years, you know, uh, you know, ha having having a you know put a band together to take on the road with Jax, certainly, you know, it seeps into your pores, and you start you know wanting to rock with your band, you know, and, and so you you know we I, I think like you're saying, it really did become a natural evolution in that sense, and 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 certainly on this record, we kind of went back to very much the way that the something corporate stuff was was done, which was we got into a practice space, learned how to play it, went into a studio and played it. You know, and, and that was the first time I'd done that in six years, you know, five, six years. 
Next question to the right center over here. Hi, Andrew. I'm Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Um, we were lucky enough to catch uh, the, sh- the films of the Angelica Theater. The which, what's the, that? The films for the new album. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks so for coming. So can you talk a little bit about what it was like to hand over control and see other people interpret your music through their films? <laughs> you know, it, was, it wasn't as scary as you might think, especially for as a uh, uh, sort of, uh, I don't know, obsessive as I can be. <laughs> um, there was this idea, you know, th- th- that... You, you go online and, and people access music, you know, on YouTube and on, and on other video mediums constantly. That's sort of that's sort of the way a lot of people listen to their music. And it seemed to me, especially with the budgets that we had, that like we had fifteen hundred bucks a piece to to spend on a video, um, which for most video directors is like, you know, they're not going to get out of bed for that. Um, so it's the lunch budget. Yeah, the lunch budget. Yeah, exactly. That's craft services for the day. Um, so. So the idea was like, well, look, if we're gonna if we're gonna have such low budgets, which you know obviously there was, there wasn't there's no money coming back from these videos, that we sort of wanted to you know to reach out to kind of up and coming directors and say, look, reinterpret it, reimagine these tracks. Uh, you know, we we approved treatments for them, you know, but we ultimately said go for it, and and I think uh, you know it wasn't as hard to relinquish control, especially when we saw the amount of great work that came back. It was it was an experiment, and I uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Hi, my name's Marissa. Hey, Marissa. Um, I just, I've been following you since something corporate. And in the past couple of years, there's been so many songs from your albums that have, like, played a huge part in my life specifically. So whenever I've, like, shown my friends your albums and I'm like, oh, hey, listen to Jack's Mannequin. And I, like, immediately go to certain songs that yeah. played, like, a huge role in my life. I could only imagine from your end if, if, there was someone who had never heard your music before what would be like the first three songs that you really feel encompass what your music means wow <laughs> that's a whopper wow. right there that's heavy Do you duty talk about the lunch budget again? yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> um gosh no I pressure mean, uh, well you said three so i'll pick one off each record i guess um you know there are a lot that i could pick off a of transit but i would i would probably say holiday from real um to me, it was the the sort of uh, thesis statement of what that record was. It, it was this this wild summer in 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 Southern California, you know, uh, and and so I, I would say I would say holiday um, on on passenger. To me, as much as I would probably say a song like Swim, I, I'd have to go with Caves. Um, you know, I, I think. I think that that's one of the best pieces of music I've ever written across the board, and uh, uh, it certainly was a was a challenge and something that I, I think you know says a lot about me uh, and uh, certainly a lot about that period of time in my life. Um, and off this record, it's 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 a it's a struggle, you know. There's I mean because I'm living it right now as we speak, but uh, uh, but I don't know. I, there there's a part of me that just has such a connection to to. I don't know. It's it's probably a tie between television and Amy. I, you know, I I I, I would say, um, you know, can I have a tie? Are you gonna give? Will you give me a tie? Okay. All right. Cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. Next question behind the projector. Project- Hi, Andrew. The, oh, there's a projector. My name's Grace, and hey, Grace. I was wondering what's the significance behind the title "People and Things." Well, I think the significance was almost. It, to some extent, the lack of significance. I mean, I, I know that that sounds kind of, uh, you know, I don't know. That, that's a horrible answer. I should probably back off that one. But, uh, 
Um, to me, it was actually, I, I titled the record before I even started it. Uh, there were, the passenger existed, and I actually, uh, hey, 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 we're all going to die. Um, and I was in a session, and I, I just remember writing those words down. I heard it, you know, you hear, the, you hear people and things, you, you can hear that if now if you know throughout your day, you'll kind of hear that pop up in different, uh, you know, phrases, et cetera. But to me, it just, I wanted to, I wanted this to be broad. I wanted it to be about relationships and, and the things that matter to me now and, and, and sort of this moment of, uh, of my life that really is very much just about the people in my life and about, you know, and about what goes on in the day to day. And, I, and I, I thought, I don't know, people and things was a pretty broad statement, but in some sense artful in its, its lack, of a, lack of specificity or something. Hi, Andrew. I'm Katrina. Hey, Katrina. Um, in the trailer for this album you talked about your personal feelings towards the glass passenger and how they've mm -hmm. evolved over the last couple of years yeah and having listened to you since something corporate and feeling that that's the most beautiful album you've released um Thank i kind of wanted to hear you talk more about that um i think that that passenger was a was a struggle for me in every sense it, it, in a lot of ways it ended up mirroring my my experience uh of being sick and I think in that sense, it, it, it made me feel sick again. <laughs> you know, it, 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 was, it was the reliving of, of so many hard moments that I didn't want to relive. Um, and there was a lot of confusion. There, were, there was so much material written for the records, you know, some that, you know, in retrospect, I might not have put on the record, some that I should have put on the record. You know, there, it was just this battle, and I had such a lack of confidence, truthfully, like, and I really struggled with my confidence, as I think a lot of people recovering from something like that do. You know, it, it makes you question everything. And, and I decided to make a record while I was questioning everything, which is a pretty intense way to create anything. Um, I mean, I, I think anybody in the audience who, who makes art for a living will know that, that some of the most dangerous times to create art is when you're questioning yourself. And, uh, and so I, I, I think for me, it took time to realize that that was what was beautiful about that record, that, that, that there was a sort of beauty in its it's meandering through and, 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 and sort of like where I think my other records have really been intentionally cohesive, no matter how hard I tried. I mean, I drove across the country trying to program that record from start to finish and, and never did it successfully and finally said, you know what, just put all the songs on there and just push it out the door. And so it, I, I struggled because it couldn't, it couldn't be as tight of an album as it, I wanted at the point that I put it out. But I'm glad it's not now. We have time for two more questions, all the way to the left in the back. There we go. Uh, I don't... You're right. Oh, Hi. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, yeah. Hi, I'm Joey. Hey, Joey. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm well. I love your music very, very much, but I have a non-music question I want to ask. Lay it on me. All right. I'm a big fan of body art. I have a couple tattoos myself. I know <laughs> you have a few. I do. Do you have a favorite? If so, which one and why? Um, favorite of my tattoos. Uh, gosh, that's really hard. I, I mean, they, they, uh, they're like gotta, children, right? Yeah, they're dark. They it's can't hard. pick a favorite one, at least you know, publicly. It, no, it's yeah. true. It's true. You know, I, I'd probably have to say the Van Gogh on my, on my left arm. You know, I, I, I love, I love Van Gogh. I, I, I sort of grew up, you know, even as a, as a kid, not even understanding art on any level. I knew I connected, uh, to, to, to his art for some reason. And, uh, and there was a moment where I was thinking about getting a, my first color tattoo, you know, and, 
I remember um, sitting with my my was my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, and and she, uh, I said, I'm thinking about getting a tattoo, and the tattoo I was thinking about getting was Van Gogh's Starry Night. And she's like, and I would have thought she would have been horrified that I was going to get a huge, you know, color tattoo. And, and she's like, for some reason, I see you getting like Starry Night or something. And, and I was like, okay, it's done. You know, and, 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 and so I don't know that there's always kind of been this, you know, it had this sort of serendipitous, uh, you know, uh, beginning to it. And, and, um, and yeah, I, I love it. I think she nailed it, this, this tattoo artist in, in, in Austin. I just, I think she, she did a really kick-ass job. So, yeah. Hi, Andrew. I'm Kimberly. Hey, Kimberly. You up. look okay. like you have some festivity going on in your head there. It's right? my birthday today. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. you. <laughs> okay, um, I was wondering, especially with songs like Swim, there are a lot of people who say that um, you're a huge inspiration to them or that they might have saved you in some way. And what's your reaction to that? I think my reaction, I mean, I'm, fl I'm obviously flattered anytime somebody says something that heavy. You know, I, you saved me. You know, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a heavy thing to say to somebody. Um, my gut reaction is always no i didn't you saved yourself you know i i i i i know what it's like to have art in my life that it, that makes me feel stronger and more powerful than i maybe was before i heard it or saw it or experienced it um but i think that that's that's the person finding something to hold on to to push themselves forward you know and i really do believe that that uh, i mean i'm glad I, i'm so honored to be a part of that experience for anybody um but i i do believe that 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 comes from within you know and and you know i'm i'm, I'm honored to be an access point though to to anybody who, who feels like you know they need a little extra push in the uh in the upward direction though absolutely your very last question is back here so uh, my question is kind of touching on what you uh, talked about earlier. Um, with Glass Passenger being such a heavy album and everything in transit, you know, being, you know, going through the time that, you know, you had leukemia then and, and, you know, kind of the past five, six years being, like I said, such a heavy time in your life. Is this album almost a, re a relief for you, you know, kind of, relief, kind of releasing this album kind of more of a, you know, that was a big chapter in my life, you know, even the Dear Jack, you know, you, you relive the you relived everything through music and then you relived it, you know, visually through the Dear Jack video. Yeah. Is this album, you know, a big relief in terms of, you know, that was a big chapter of my life. I'm moving on. Who's with me? It is. I mean, I, I think there is a reality to, to this record actually having a, uh, representing still a pretty tricky time, you know, and, 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 I, and I don't want to be that guy writing about trauma all day long. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not, it's not who I am. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's there is a there is a, a a distinct reality to how I chose to to handle my illness, which was I didn't really. <laughs> I I I got back to work within six months of being diagnosed. You know, I I I sort of buried myself in it, and I and I and I and I brought my you know I I sort of took my life on at 100 miles an hour when I probably should have slowed things down for a second. And I think that a lot of this record is sort of making peace with that. You know, I think Passenger, there, was, there wasn't a lot of peace. There was a search for peace. And I think with this record, it was saying, okay, these things happened, you know, and, and now I'm going to talk about the people around me who, who really mattered when all this stuff was going on. And, yeah, when, it, when it's done, the sky's the limit, and, and, and we're off to the races on, a, on kind of a new journey, you know. And, I, and, and certainly for me, that, 
this record is is kind of me coming home and you know putting both feet down and and saying i will live with both feet on the ground for a while now please you know and uh and yeah i i, I would i would definitely say that's that that it is a relief and i and i i do have a a, a pretty sincere amount of of relief uh and take some pretty deep breaths these days and i'm and pretty uh pleased to be where i'm at thank you well there he is this is angela mcmahon Thank you guys for being here today. Really appreciate it. People and Things is a new Jack's Mannequin record. A tour for another month or so. Yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. For the rest of my life. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on out to the show. We'll be yeah. in uh, Long Island. That's right. Yeah, coming right up. So, uh, yeah, we'll be on the road for quite a bit. And anybody who we missed, I promise, we're coming back in the new year. And of course, the, the Dear Jack Foundation, which is 100% volunteer run, is you know thriving and continued yes. success with that as well. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Andrew McMahon. Thank you very much, everybody. Pick up the record. It's phenomenal. The record, People and Things, I'm assuming you guys have it. But if you don't get it immediately, it's available everywhere, including iTunes. Guys, thank you so much again for coming out tonight. We hope you had a good time. We hope you have the best week ever. See you next time.